Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through verse 20. And he began again to teach by the seaside, and there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea, and the whole multitude was by the sea on the land. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, there went out a sore to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth, And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit. That sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ear to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all these things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, and so endure but for time. Afterwards, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things enter in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, 
and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Amen. And I want to speak to you from this thought today. Heart blockage. Heart blockage. Heart blockage. Father, we praise you again this morning, God. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your love and grace and all that you do for us, oh God. We thank you again that we have another opportunity to hear your word. We're asking you, God, to guide us and direct us and lead us and show us the right way today. In Jesus' precious name, amen. And you may be seated. Amen. Heart blockage. I don't know if you have noticed or not, but there seems to be an uprise with people with heart conditions. There seems to be more people on medication for heart condition than ever before. Not only in the world, but also in the church. And I have asked myself, why is there such an uprise in life of many, so many with this condition. I've even questioned if they are being lied to by medical personnel for financial gain. I have even asked myself, is there something that they could be doing to avoid this condition? And I even began to ask myself, why is there such a concern for heart condition? You see, the heart pumps blood to all parts of the body. The Bible lets us know in Leviticus chapter 17 11 that the life of the flesh is in the blood. If the blood does not get to the parts of the body that is being sent to, then those parts of the body will die. Because those parts has to have the blood. And if it can't get there, I conclude that something is blocking the blood flow from reaching it. And if it doesn't reach, usually what happened, there's a backup. When something is pumping and pumping and pumping, if there's a blockage, if you ever notice when your toilet's back up, is a blockage. And the water, what? It overflows and you've got a problem. Well, it's the same way with our heart. The heart is pumping and pumping. And if the blood can't get through because there's a blockage, it backs up and eventually it overflows or it explodes or busts something. And internally, there's more damage. So this is why they're concerned about keeping the veins open so that your blood can flow through. Amen. I've also looked and uh, the medical personnel identify some of the things that can cause blockage. Uh, plaque buildup, smoking, alcohol, caffeine, stress, drugs, obesity, cholesterol, not eating enough fruits and vegetables, uh, your, your lifestyle, being physically inactive can cause you to have a backup, a blockage in your heart, uh, amen, or in yourself. So what are some of the symptoms that there's a blockage? Chest pain, body aches, dizziness, fainting spells, shortness of breath, 
tiredness, loss of vision, upset stomach, and even death can be causes of a blockage within us. Amen. But when the Bible refers to the heart, it is referring, amen, in Scripture is speaking to the peace of the center of our mind and our thoughts and our will and our mind. So if something is blocking God's word from getting to his original and designed place, we're going to hurt ourselves. We need to be able to have freedom. God needs to be able to flow freely. His word needs to be able to get to us Freely, Jesus telling this parable, I don't know if you pick up on the part, he reaches back to Isaiah when he commissioned Isaiah. He says, go and tell this people, see thee and uh, perceive not and hear thee and understand not. Make their hearts heavy, lesson, amen, and their lesson they hear with their ears and see with their eyes and convert and be healed. Amen. We have to allow God's word to flow freely to the parts uh, that it's supposed to get to. You see, Jesus is identifying here four types of hearers uh, in this parable that he is speaking to. Some family says, uh, by the wayside, these are days that are indifferent. They are Indifferent hearers, uh, they're not interested in what is being said. They're not concerned about what is being said in God's Word. They don't care, amen, what is being said. They are those that say, that's for you, but it's not for me. I, I understand what you're trying to say, but I'm really not interested. These are days that have the indifferent hearers. Uh, and then there are those that it fell upon rocks. These are days that are the emotional hearers. Uh, you see, emotional hearers are those that hear the Word of God. Uh, they go to conferences. Uh, they go to special services. Uh, and they hear the Word of God. They shout. They run. They dance. They leap. They're excited uh, about what they're hearing. They have their own groupies uh, that they will travel all over the place to go hear that individual or that woman speak. Uh, amen. These are days that are being driven by their emotions and emotion-driven uh, saint of God. They hear the word, uh, but they have no root uh, within themselves, Jesus says. And as a result, uh, when trials and things begin to grow or come into their lives because they have no root, they fall away, emotional hearers. Then he says they are worldly hearers. These are those that it falls among thorns. You see, in the thorns, when it falls among the thorns, uh, notice what he says, is the thorns that choke the word. Uh, amen. Thorns will get around it and it is just squeeze and squeeze, almost like a boat in scripture that gets around its uh, 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 enemy or his uh, whatever and it just squeeze and squeeze and squeeze until it chokes it to death. And this is what takes place here. Amen. As we see that something is choking the word of God. The word of God is not being able to flow. Jesus said the sower goes and sows this word. 
word, but there's something that blocked it. There's something that is preventing it from getting to its original place. Just like the blood in the natural has to be able to get to the body, the word has got to be able to get to where God is trying to get it to, to meet his design purpose uh, and his need. But if there's something blocking the word uh, from getting there, that thing is going to die. We are the body of Christ, and it's got to be able to flow freely, amen, through to the body, to all the parts uh, that is needful. You may have a need over here, or she may have a need over here, and God's word has got to be able to get to where it is. But if there's something that is blocking it, uh, preventing it from getting there, pretty soon that part of the body is going to die. This is why people seem to fall away, amen, because the word is not being able to get to the points uh, the way it needs to be, amen. In the natural, the blood has got to get there. In the spiritual, the word is the blood. Uh, it's got to be able to get there because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, amen. And the word is God. God has got to be able to get to where he needs to get to. He can get there, but if you're blocking, if there's something blocking, he's not going to be able to get there. And so Jesus lists three things that is blocking the word and choking the word. First, he said, is it's the cares of the world. Then he said, it is the deceitfulness of riches and then the lust uh, of other things. Uh, notice number one, uh, it is the cares of this world. Amen. Are we concerned with the things of this world? Amen. In other words, people don't have time for the things of God because they're concerned too much about this life and this living. This world is consuming them week in and week out, day in and day out. Uh, that is consuming them that they don't have time when they should be in the Word of God and studying God's Word and Spending time in the things of God's Word, uh, searching out the Scripture to see what God saith the Lord. Uh, they are trying to lay up that retirement nesseg uh, for that great day, and as a result of what is transpiring, the world is consuming all of your energy and all of your time. Uh, we seem to be concerned about the economy. We seem to be concerned about all the political unrest. Uh, the school shootings, uh, the earthquakes, the tsunamis, uh, the erratic weather patterns, job loss, uh, terrorism, immigrations, uh, games, and stock market, and families. All of these things are things of the world that can block God's word. Jesus says in Matthew 6, lay not up for yourself treasures. Upon earth, for moth and rust have corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust up corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So where is your heart today? What's 
crabbing your heart? What is stealing your heart? What is blocking God's word from getting to your heart? Jesus goes on. He says, take no thought for your life or what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field. How they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient to unto the day is the evil thereof. So where is your treasure? If the world is your treasure, it will block your heart. It will prevent God's word from getting where it's supposed to be. Jesus said, take no thought for what you shall eat, what you shall drink, for what you shall put on. He says, your heavenly Father already knows that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Paul says in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus says this is the first things first. Get right. Be right. Live right. Do right. And peace. Follow peace with all men. And holiness. Without shall no man see the Lord. And have the joy of the Lord in your heart, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Don't let something block your heart. Don't let something block in your life prevent you and prevent God's word from getting to the parts that it needs to get to. Don't let the cares of this world, don't get up into politics, don't get caught up in the things of this world that you have no control over. Pray for those things. Pray against those things. But don't you be drawn into it, because if you do, it will block your heart. The second thing Jesus mentions is the deceitfulness of riches. Deceitfulness of riches. The dishonesty and the trickery of getting rich quick schemes. Playing the lottery. Scratching the numbers, playing the numbers, the $25 million sweepstakes, 
working overtime for more money is deceitfulness of riches. Riches pierce the soul just like thorns. Solomon in the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, 16, says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasures and trouble therewith. Notice what he said. Just a little, amen, with the Lord than great treasures. And you don't, if you got all kinds of money and troubles, what good is that? It blocks. He goes on in Proverbs 17, 1 and says, Better is a dry morsel in quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifice with arguments or strife. Think about it. Just having a few coutons. <laughs> a dry piece of dry bread, he says, in which you got peace in your house is better than all the sacrifice and you're arguing over things. Something goes on in Proverbs 62.10. If riches increase, set not your hearts upon them, because riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away. Amen. It's here this moment. It is gone the next. Amen. He goes on in Proverbs 11.4 and verse 8. Riches is profited not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Amen. Notice, don't put your focus on riches because if you do, it's going to block your heart. Paul writes in the Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 9 and 10, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and snares and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and prediction for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith uh, and pierced himself through with many souls. He's saying if you've got a love for money, it's going to block God's word uh, from getting to the place uh, that it wants to get to. Be not deceived. Uh, deceitfulness of riches. Uh, it was the deceitfulness uh, that Eve said of Satan. The serpent beguiled me, she said. He tricked me. And that's the way it is uh, with financial gains if we're not careful. I'm not saying that money is not important to you, but what does it profit, Jesus said, to gain the whole world and to lose your soul? What does it profit to work overtime, to earn a few more dollars, and then all of a sudden, when you get to a certain age, you have no strength or abilities because you're so sick, you're so downtrodden, and so overwhelmed that you can't Enjoy it. That's deceitfulness. Paul goes on in 2 Corinthians 11.3, But I fear, lest by any mean, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Amen. Riches and deceit because they offer and seduce the soul from God and from salvation and are the cause of many sins, Paul says here. Amen. If we're not careful, riches and deceit will pull you away from your salvation. It will block your heart. It will prevent God's word from getting to the point 
heart that it needs to get to. Don't be deceived. Amen. Keep your focus on God. Amen. Don't let it be deception like quicksand. If you ever watch quicksand, you look at it. It just looked like regular sand. Amen. And all of a sudden, once you get into it, it's a slow death because it sticks you and it pulls you and it sucks you under. It's almost like a riptide in the ocean. If you've ever been caught in one, you know you know what it feels like. You're trying your very best to get out of it, but it's slowly pulling you and slowly pulling you under and under and under. And this is what deceitfulness of riches will do. It get a hold of you and it pulls you and slowly tug you. When I was in the military, that's what they used to say. If you ever get in a car in a riptide, don't fight against it because it will destroy you. But be patient and learn how to wait. Amen. And it will pull you to a part to where you can get out of it. Amen. We must realize that if we're starting to feel pulled under by riches, then we need to wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen our heart. He'll get us out of it. Jesus says, Paul writes, there is no temptation taking you but is coming to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that you are able. But with the temptation, he will make a way of escape. God will open the door and he'll get you out of it. Amen. Don't let the deceitfulness of riches pull you under. Amen. They tell you right on the lottery ticket, one in millions might win the lottery. Amen. So don't be drawn into these things. And then he says, the third thing is the lust of other things. The lust of other things. Lust is a psychological force producing intense wants for an object or circumstance fulfilling the emotion. There we are, back to that emotion again. Lust can take on any form such as lust for sexuality, money or power. It can take such mundane form as lust for food or distinction from the need for food. Lust simply says more, more, more. Solomon says in Proverbs 28, I mean 30, there's the horseman has two daughters crying, give, give. He says there's four things that are never satisfied. We must be satisfied. We must be content in the things of Almighty God so that we're not blocking God's word from flowing to the place that it needs to flow through. Amen. The lust of other things, positions in life, status in life, promotions in life, and gains in life. We must not allow the lust of other things to block God's flow to block God's word from getting where it needs to get to. Eve saw the, the tree was good for food. It was good, amen, pleasant to the eye, and it was wise to, to make one wise. She took, if you ever notice the ways of the world, all salesmen, and forgive me if you're a salesman, they use this and plays on your emotions to get you to buy stuff. How many of you, when you go to the restaurant, you look at that menu and you see that steak and the shrimp and all that stuff, and you order and it don't look nothing like the picture? 
<laughs> they play on your emotions. You notice when you go to buy a car, what's sitting in the middle of the in the in the showroom? You don't see no hoopty sitting in the showroom. <laughs> you know, hoopty is the one that's already run down. Somebody traded in, right? <laughs> you know, falling apart. You don't see that in the show. like the Beverly Hillbilly, you don't see that. You see these beautiful cars that's going to get your attention. They are playing on your emotions. See, and this is what lust does is it plays on your emotions. See, and this is why you have to be careful. Paul says, I didn't even know that lust was a sin, except I read in the law in Romans 7, 7, thou shalt not covet it. Amen. Love not the world, John says in 1 John 2.15. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. James goes on in James 1.13. Let no man say when he's tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempt he any man. But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust have conceived, it bring forth sin. And sin when it is finished, it bring forth death. Do not err, my beloved brother. Love, lust blocks your heart. It blocks the word of God from flowing freely and get into the part uh, that it needs to be. The pleasure of this life will drown out uh, much of your attention. It has absorbed much of your interest uh, and it will use up most of your time if you're not careful. Amen. Jesus says that well, uh, the lust, uh, amen, and the things will pull, it will block the word of God from getting to where it needs to get to. He said in Isaiah, for as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and return not thither but watereth the earth that it may give seed to the soil and bread to the eater so shall my word be which goeth forth out of my mouth it shall accomplish that whereunto I please it and it shall prosper unto the things where I sin it you see God is sending his word he's showing this word he's pouring forth his word but if there's a blockage, it can't get to that part of your life where God is trying to get to. And you have to ask yourself, am I consumed with worldliness? Am I consumed by the riches of this world? Am I being consumed by lust of other things? Paul said to Timothy, Flee you for lust and follow after righteousness, faith, and purity, and peace with them that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. We need to realize that the enemy of our soul wants to block the Word of God because the Word of God is life and is more abundant life that God wants you to have. And then we have to have clearer veins flowing, as the songwriter said. There's a fountain filled with blood flowing from Emmanuel's vein. 
and sinners plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilt and their stain. Then God's word can accomplish what he sends it to do. But you can't let stuff block it. Praise God. If you're the press, there's a blockage. If you're despondent alone, there's a blockage. If there's fearfulness and weakness, there's a blockage. If you're feeling hopeless, there's a blockage. If you're restless and tired, there's a blockage. The Word isn't getting through. The Word is a light and it's life. The Word meets every need. The Word cleanses. The Word removes sin. The Word is designed to help us. And that's what God wants out of us. Jesus says in Isaiah 1, Wash you. Make you clean. Put away the evil from your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widows. Come now and let's reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord have spoken it. Notice what God says. My word can cleanse. My word can pure. It can accomplish where I send it. But it requires you to realize that I'm blocking it. And get what is blocking it out of the way. Come now, said the Lord. And let's reason together. Let's talk about it, God says. What's blocking God's word from meeting the needs in your life? We pray. We want God to do things. But is there a blockage that is preventing the word? David had a heart blockage. We don't usually realize it. But he did. David had a lust for women. And it was blocking God's word. And when David finally realized, he began to pray. What did he start with? Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my sins. For I acknowledge my sins and my iniquities is ever before me. Against thee, thee only have I been this sin, evil in thy sight. That thou might be justified when thy speaking and clear when thy judges. Behold, I was shaping in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. He says, behold, thou desire truth. Where? In the inward parts and in the hidden parts will thou make me to know wisdom. He says, 
purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Amen. Amen. He says, hide not thy face from thy sins. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors the way and sinners shall be converted unto thee. He said, deliver me from blood giftedness, O God. If you open my mouth, I will show up your praises. If you open my heart, I will begin to magnify and to glorify you in every area of my life. David had a blockage and he realized that he needed to get it out of him. And when he got it out of him, God says he's a man after my own heart. That's the kind of heart that God wants. We have to get sin out of our hearts. Amen. Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, had a heart blockage. He ran at the Naaman in 2 Naaman chapter 5 and then 2 Kings chapter 5. Gehazi had a lust in his heart for what? Riches. He had a heart. It was blocking the deceitfulness of riches. And when he ran at the Naaman and he got the gold, he got the silver, he got the garments. And when he came back, Elijah said to him, where have you been, Gehazi? He says, I've been nowhere. Elijah says to him, oh, yes, you have, because my heart did not go with you. He said, the leprosy that was on Naaman is now on you. And he lived the rest of his life as a leper because he was lusting for riches. He had a blockage in his heart. Instead of asking for forgiveness, he was a leper the rest of his life. Judas had a blockage in his heart, and it was the love for money. He didn't realize that the deceitfulness of riches for 30 pieces of silver would cause him to lose his life, cause him to lose his ministry with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He had a heart blockage. Esau had a heart blockage. He traded, amen, his birthright for a pot of stew. He allowed the lust of other things to consume him, to block God's word out of his life. What is blocking you? What is blocking me? Paul said of Demas, he has left me for this present world. Something got into Demas's heart and blocked God's word from being able to accomplish what God desired of it to do. What's blocking your heart today? A heart that loves God. Amen. Is a heart where God's word can freely flow. A heart that loves God allows the blood to flow from Emmanuel's vein all through the body of Christ. A heart that loves God 
put God in the things of God's first and all that they do. A heart that loves God's and His Word is a heart filled with compassion. It is a heart filled with righteousness. It is a heart filled with obedience. A heart filled with submission and serviture. A heart that has been washed by the water of the Word of God is a heart that is right. It is one that has no blockages. It is the one that will accomplish everything that God sends it to do. Because this heart is pure. And it's that fourth heart that Jesus spoke of. It is a receptive hearer. Amen. When the receptive hearer hear the word of God and the heart is right. Notice what Jesus says. It will bring forth fruit. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. It will accomplish everything that God sends it to do. But you don't want your heart to have a block because of the world. You don't want your heart to have a block because, amen, of deceitfulness and riches. You don't want to have your heart have a block because you're lusting after anything else. If you're going to lust after something, then lust after the things of God. Go after the things of God and let God be the center of your joy. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Amen. The greatest blockage that you can have in your life that will prevent the flow of God's word is sin. If sin is there, it'll block it every time. And you need to realize that. And it's not going to get to the part. That's why Paul in the sixth chapter of Romans, he says, don't let your members be used. Amen. For sin. Because whatever member is being used, if it's your eyes, your ears, your mouth, whatever, is blocked. And the word can't get to what it needs to do. To accomplish what God wants. Amen. So let's have a clear heart. Let's be like David. Creating me a clean heart. Clean out my veins. <laughs> All those things that can block God's word. Amen. I want to be pure. I want to be right in my walk with God. Amen. Don't let this cares and lust and things of this world consume you. Be content with the things you have need of in Jesus. I'm opening the altars if you feel you need to come and pray this morning. Amen. If you know you got a blockage, you feel you got a blockage. If you feel like something is preventing God's word, there's a loss of joy. There's a blockage. There's a loss of peace. There's a blockage. There's a loss of contentment. There's a blockage. What is blocking you? What is, what is blocking God's word? Because the word of God is designed to edify, to build up, to strengthen, to encourage. Amen. So that when you go out, as Isaiah said, 
you will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills will break forth in the singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. And instead of the thorns shall come up the fir tree. Instead of the briars will come up the murder tree. In other words, these trees that produce life will grow up. Amen. Not choke you. Things that hurt you. Amen. And it will be an everlasting sign for the Lord. Amen. What's blocking you this morning? The altars are open this morning. Amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus.